The America's National Parks podcast is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and NPF share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Mountains that tower over beaches, temperate rainforests, ice fields, tidewater glaciers, and marine depths welcome the visitors that make the trek to this off-the-beaten-path destination. These habitats provide homes for mountain goats, moose, shorebirds, salmon, and bears. But the easiest way to get around in this national park is not by foot. Nearly 1,200 miles of shoreline curve around inlets and islands, and one endangered animal has thrived in this environment, swimming here to feed for the summer, before returning to the tropical waters near Mexico and Hawaii every winter. I'm Jason Epperson, and this week on America's National Parks, the humpback whales of Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve. Scientists have been studying humpback whales in Alaska's Glacier Bay since 1985. The Humpback Monitoring Program is used to figure out how many whales there are in the park and where they spend their time. Park researchers track the whale population over the years, and they've found that each year there are slightly more whales than the year before. Telling individual whales apart is easier than it looks. Humpback whale tails are dark gray with splotches of white color and this pattern acts like a fingerprint. As the whales surface, researchers can take photos of the underside of each tail and use the pattern to determine which whale it is. They'll also take notes on which whales are eating and where they're spending the most of their time. All this information is saved so the park can follow individual whales year after year. About 740 individual humpback whales have been identified in the park since 1973. Some whales are seen every summer and one holds the record for being the longest documented whale sighting in history. 43 years in a row. But photographs aren't the only way that park scientists can learn about the whales. When a whale breaches and comes out of the water, it sheds its skin, similar to the way our skin can peel from a sunburn. This skin is full of valuable genetic material, DNA. The researchers wait for the whale to leave, then they cruise over to where it was last seen and collect the skin from the surface of the water. The skin can also tell researchers about the whale's hormone levels and even what it's been eating. This ongoing monitoring has had an incredible impact on Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve. The research helps the park determine how to best protect the whales using operation restrictions on vessels. Protecting whales and their habitat also protects many other kinds of marine life. These wildlife sightings and encounters enrich the park visitor experience, and they teach us more about the migrating whales that call this bay home. Humpback whales are not a fish, they're a mammal, 
Even though they spend 90% of their lives underwater, they breathe air just like we do. They expel the air out of their blowhole at over 300 miles an hour and get their name from the way they arch their back before their final dive. Humpbacks weigh 40 tons and are between 40 and 50 feet long. That's longer than a school bus. Their main source of food is small fish that swim in schools, and in place of teeth, humpback whales have baleen, a filter that helps them eat fish without drinking the salt water. It's made out of the same material as our hair and fingernails. How much water do you use at home? Reflect on your showers, dishes, toilet flushes, and loads of laundry. Now, just think, a humpback whale takes in 15,000 gallons of water in a single gulp. That's more water than an average household uses in five months. But the whale doesn't drink all that salt water. It uses its enormous tongue to press the water back through the baleen, which then filters it back out, leaving only food behind. The cold, nutrient-rich waters in Glacier Bay are the perfect habitat for such fish, which is why the humpback whales travel all the way to Alaska to feed in the summer from warmer places like Hawaii and Mexico where they breed. Though humpback whales can be found in every ocean in the world, those found in Glacier Bay National Park are unique. The whales form feeding groups that often reunite every summer, sometimes for decades. In the depths of the ocean, songs drift in the darkness. Whales use calls to organize feeding groups and protect their calves. While social sounds change every year, songs stay the same for years. When creating songs and calls, no air escapes from the whale's blowhole or their mouth, and they can make noise for 15 minutes or more. How did they do it? Whales have an enormous expandable larynx, or voice box, that acts like a resonating chamber. They create sound by circulating air through their lungs, mouth, and this huge voice box. Scientists are also studying whale calls and songs in Glacier Bay. The humpback whales use grunts, grumbles, and whoops to communicate and forage for food. Researchers can also hear seal mating calls, tour boats, and storms. Glacier Bay acts as a natural laboratory. Scientists know when vessels are going to be passing by and when it will be quiet enough to do research. There are noisy periods and quiet periods in the park, so scientists can see if whales are changing their vocalizations in response to the noise coming from ship engines. They also work to pair underwater recordings of humpback whales with tail photo identification observations from land. Understanding who's producing the calls could help scientists realize the role of the vocalizations. To monitor the whale calls, researchers use hydrophones, underwater microphones, that are dropped in the water at the beginning of the summer. All the noise that the microphones pick up, from fishing boats, crews, and tour ships, and commercial shipping, those human-made sounds can interfere with an animal's ability to mate, navigate, feed, or communicate. This is called acoustic masking. Think of it like this, if you're walking down the street trying to talk on the phone and a fire truck drives by with its siren blasting, you may momentarily be unable to hear the person you're talking to, and they may be unable to hear you. The siren may even cause you some amount of stress. The same thing happens to marine life when shipping vessels are nearby. The frequency that many seals, sea lions, and fish use to communicate matches the low frequencies of the ships, 
they may even lose their hearing or have difficulty feeding and mating. Scientists in Glacier Bay study the acoustic noise coming from human activity, so the park can make management decisions to protect marine life in the bay. So far, they've learned that a cruise ship traveling faster will create more noise than two slow cruise ships. That means that reducing speed of ships in Glacier Bay is beneficial to the wildlife. It's also helpful to adjust ship schedules so whales will have more quiet time between ships. Sound isn't the only threat to humpback whales in Glacier Bay National Park. Humpbacks are an endangered species, making them an even more thrilling sight for a cruise ship passenger. But if cruise ships and humpback whales are too close together, the ship may collide with a whale. For park managers, resource protection and visitor experiences are two facets of a complex issue. In line with the mission of the National Park Service, it's important to create opportunities for visitors to enjoy Glacier Bay and develop a deeper appreciation for its wildlife. On the other hand, at what point does that exposure need to be limited to protect the wildlife? It's a question that's pondered across the National Park Service. In the 1970s and 80s, protecting Glacier Bay's waters was a heated controversy. Environmentalists were fighting against cruise ship companies, the tourism industry, and the Alaska Congressional Delegation. At that time, there was not yet research to base decisions upon, and the park struggled to reach a compromise without it. With more of that story, here's Abigail Trebu. In 1970, cruise ships entered Glacier Bay National Park 55 times. By 2009, that number had grown to 224. The humpback whale population has increased as well, meaning park managers would expect more ships and whale collisions. For a cruise ship passenger, the closer the whale encounter is, the better. This excitement is valuable. It means that seeing a whale in one of these once-in-a-lifetime events could lead to a greater appreciation for the conservation of these animals and their habitats, which is something that the National Park Service strives for. However, it is also possible that if whales are closer to ships, they are exposed to more noise, which can impact their communication, or the whale may be lethally wounded in a collision. In 2006, the Park Service placed observers on cruise ships when they entered Glacier Bay to monitor and record encounters with humpback whales. They used handheld GPS units and rangefinder binoculars to spot the whales at a distance and record their location. This research showed that encounters between cruise ships and whales happen frequently, and many of them are at close range. There is a higher chance of cruise ships coming in close contact with whales in certain areas of the bay during certain times of the year, which helps the park create management guidelines to protect the whales. Even with water protection, vessels do collide with humpback whales. In 2001, biologists discovered one such whale floating near the entrance of Glacier Bay. Researchers towed her carcass to shore to learn the cause of death. A marine mammal veterinarian discovered bruising near the left eye and compound fractures on the base of the whale's skull. What would cause such damage? Likely a cruise ship. Park biologists were able to use research photos to identify the whale based on her tail. It was Whale 68, previously nicknamed Snow, for the white dots on her tail flukes. 
Snow was first photographed in 1975 and had been seen throughout Southeast Alaska and Hawaii for years since. She was long-lived and likely helped her species grow in population through 10 pregnancies. The vet found fetal bones inside her body, which meant she was even pregnant at the time of the collision. Whales also have earplugs, which essentially accumulate a single layer of wax every year. Scientists can use these earplugs to figure out how old a whale is. Combining this evidence with sightseeing history in the park, scientists found that Snow was just over 44 years old when she died. Not only did Snow contribute to her endangered species, but she also contributed to science after her death. The park decided to keep and preserve her skeleton for a future interpretive exhibit that could teach park visitors more about humpback whales for generations to come. The carcass was monitored over a year until the bones were clean enough to transport. It took park staff and community volunteers more than 10 years to clean the bones for display. Even then, experts were brought in to inventory the skeleton and continue cleaning bones enough to be displayed in an outdoor exhibit. Bones had to be clean enough to not attract rodents or bears. One of those experts, Dan Dindanto, cleaned, repaired, and articulated the 45-and-a-half-foot skeleton in his workshop in Maine. This meant that the bones needed to migrate via the Alaska Marine Highway from Gustavus, Alaska to Bellingham, Washington, then overland on the interstate from Washington to Maine, more than 2,600 miles. Bones were repaired and replaced as necessary. The skeleton was then transported back to Alaska in pieces to be reassembled for the final exhibit. On June 25, 2014, Glacier Bay National Park hosted a grand opening of the largest humpback whale skeleton on public display in the United States. Weighing in at 3,729 pounds, Snow's skeleton is sheltered by an outdoor pavilion near the Glacier Bay Lodge. There were also many Hunatlingit families indigenous to this land present to conduct a spirit ceremony to give Snow her Tlingit name, which translates to Whale Beneath Mount Fairweather. Today, Glacier Bay has some of the most protected waters for humpback whales on the planet. Whale waters are areas of Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve that traditionally or temporarily have high numbers of humpback whales. These areas have vessel operating restrictions to minimize disturbance to the whales and lower the risk of whale vessel collisions. Ships and boats must stay one nautical mile from the shore and no vessel, including kayaks, must ever operate within a quarter nautical mile of humpback whales or pursue a whale at less than a half nautical mile away. Boats that do enter Glacier Bay can reduce risk by subscribing to whale alerts and communicating with other mariners to anticipate likely whale sightings. 
They can plan their passage to avoid whale concentrations. They can keep a dedicated watch, especially in the path of the ship, and they can make modest adjustments by decreasing the speed and changing direction of travel slightly so that the whale can respond to it. Humpback whales bestow a magic to Glacier Bay National Park that is unlike any other. As they arrive to feed each spring, their songs soothe and haunt the ocean depths. Researchers will continue to learn more about why the whales sing and how it may be impacted by the people in the park. If you get the chance to travel to these icy waters, breathe in the salty sea air and learn more about why these places are worth protecting. You may even be lucky enough to spot a humpback whale, catching just a glimpse of its speckled tail before it slips back beneath the surface. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abigail Trebu, and written by Lindsay Taylor. Lindsay would like to dedicate this episode to her mom, Michelle Fogg, whose love of whale watching inspired Lindsay to write about the humpback whales in Glacier Bay. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America Podcast. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.